Chapter Four of Carpenter's Geographical Reader Asia by Frank Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Yokohama, a Japanese seaport. It is at the island of Hondo that we come to anchor at the close of our voyage. We have left the open sea and entered the great bay of Tokyo and are now lying inside the breakwaters in the harbor of Yokohama surrounded by shipping from all parts of the world there are steamers from china formosa and siberia lying at anchor there are great german ships which have made the voyage from hamburg by the mediterranean sea and the suez canal there are english vessels from southampton and liverpool french steamers from marseilles and craft of various kinds from australia south america and the united states there are english german and american men of war belonging to the squadrons which these nations keep in this part of the world and many queer-looking native boats or junks with sails ribbed with bamboo poles from different parts of japan there are also japanese steamers coming in and going out as well as fishing craft and freight boats of all kinds there are steam launches from the hotels which have gathered round our ship and many little passenger boats called sampans paddled by brown-skinned men who motion us to jump in and ride to the shore. We wait until the health officers have finished their examination to see that none of us has any infectious disease, and then give over our baggage to the little brown men in the sampans. They stow it away and lend us a hand as we step into their boats. It is but a short trip to the wharves, and within a few moments we are at the custom house, where clerks in uniforms examine our trunks looking for opium and goods to be taxed leaving the custom house our first sight is a crowd of jinrikshaw men waiting to be hired they are lusty brown fellows dressed in loose-fitting shirts and short tights of blue cotton they wear stiff round hats covered with blue and of the size and shape of a butter bowl turned upside down their legs are bare to the thighs save for the straw sandals held on to their stockingless feet by straw ropes across the insteps and toes each man stands by his gin rickshaw and motions us to get in pointing to his stout legs as he does so as though to say he can go very fast as we take our seats we see other gin rickshaws dart by us filled with all sorts of people some are occupied by ladies and gentlemen others by children going to school and some by businessmen on the way to their offices the jin rickshaw is the cab of japan it is like an old-fashioned baby carriage with two wheels as large as those at the front of an american buggy it has a pair of shafts just wide enough for a man to stand between them and it is usually pulled by one man although he is sometimes aided by another who pushes behind some of the best runners can drag a jin rickshaw carrying one passenger eight miles an hour and many will travel almost as fast as a horse we pay ten japanese sen or about five cents of our money a trip the rate for an hour is ten cents and we can drive our human steed all day long for one dollar it is in jin rickshaws that we explore yokohama we ride around the bund the wide road which skirts the sea behind which are the principal exporting houses clubs and hotels we are then pulled through the streets which lie farther back and take short tours out into the country passing by miles of queerly shaped houses 
many of which have windows and walls of white paper. We spend some time in the stores, go to the post office for our mail, and then come back to the hotel for the night. Yokohama is now one of the great ports of the world. Its population is already about as large as that of the city of Buffalo, and it grows very fast. The place is especially interesting to us because it marks the beginning of our relations with the Japanese people and also the opening of Japan to the trade of the world. This event occurred about the middle of the last century when Yokohama was but a small fishing village. It was at that time that our Commodore Perry landed here and made the first treaty between Japan and the United States. Before that, the Japanese would have nothing to do with foreigners. They refused to allow them to come into their country. They knew but little about us and our civilization, and did not care to trade or associate with the rest of the world. When Commodore Perry showed them the presents he had brought from America to give to the Emperor, they were greatly surprised, and this was especially so when they saw some telegraphic instruments and a toy railroad train. The Japanese had not heard of such things, and it was hard to make them believe that they were of practical use. They opened their eyes wide when they saw that messages in their language could be sent over the wires quite as readily as in English. They were anxious to ride upon the toy train, and in order to show how it worked, Commodore Perry and his men laid a circular track outside Yokohama, and the little cars were run around this, carrying a few passengers each trip. The cars were so small that the Japanese could not get inside them, but they climbed upon the roofs and held on tight, their gowns flapping in the breeze as the tiny steam engine carried them flying around the track. Today, Japan has more railroads in proportion to its size than any other part of Asia. It has trunk lines connecting all its chief cities and electric cars in the principal towns. The country has thousands of telegraph offices and its people send telegrams by the tens of millions a year. Both the telegraph and railway systems belong to the government, and we are told that they are well-built and well-managed and are run at a profit. When Commodore Perry landed, Japan was doing almost no business with the rest of the world. It was secluded, and its people were backward in all branches of modern civilization. Today, Japan is one of the chief exporting and importing nations. Its commerce amounts to many hundred million dollars a year, and several thousand foreign vessels annually enter its harbors to bring in or take away goods. The empire has some of the best of modern steamers, and Japanese ships start out every week for China, India, and Europe, and eastward across the Pacific Ocean to us. It has vessels going to Manchuria and Siberia, regular lines to Korea and Formosa, and also some to Australia, which stop at the Philippines on the way. It has large fleets of steamers and sailing vessels, and more than 20,000 junks and other native sailing craft. From being the most secluded of nations, Japan has become one of the most open and hospitable. It now welcomes all strangers and trades with all parts of the world. Its people are noted for their courtesy and refinement. They are active and progressive, and are esteemed by all as a very great nation. End of chapter 4